Hey, yo, bad news. Fuck going on? Okay, we're we in. were not recording. <laughs> that would have been close again. It's all right. Luckily, you know, I can talk for as many hours as you need. So we're going to just, <laughs> we just run it, it back. Again. Louis Vito. Louis Vito. And we're back. And we are back. Man, we, just guest after guest this season. Slaying. So uh, welcome to another episode of Bad News. Got a nice, uh, you know, it's funny. I always say we got a great special guest, but like we do, we, like we have a special guest today. And he's a very special person to me. And I love Thank him. He's, like, he's literally like my little brother. We got Louis Vito. You know, he's uh, super famous for being on Dancing with the Stars. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's that. That's what was his biggest thing in his career. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. No, I'm just kidding. Louis Vito is a professional snowboarder, an Olympian, X game medalist, Duke Tour medalist, mm. um, just all around fucking legend. I'm so fucking pumped to do this. Louis always makes fun of me. We're like, yo, man, like, I know it's official when I'm getting an email to do the Bad News podcast. I've been kept like, He's every- like you're fucking emailing me. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I feel like every time I've talked to Tall in the last six months to a year, it's been a, either a DM, then a text, then an email. It's like every, it's never consistent. So, no. like, it's just whatever the conversation starts on, we just run with it. I love it. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. Man, I've been trying to get Vito on for a minute. Yeah. Like, so he, he, he's like, yo, what about Vito? Oh, I just thought bro. you guys ran out of people. So I no way. Oh, oh, man. The, list, the list is, the list is, the list can go for years. Oh, man. We're just and we started. haven't even scratched the surface. No. Um, well, I was, I was kind of embarrassed because the, when you texted me or emailed me, actually, when you emailed me about it, like I was wearing my, my bad news t-shirt because I brought it. It's like, one of my, it's like either Black Ethica, Gray Ethica, and then my Bad News shirt. Love it. And I was oh, like, yes. oh, that's kind of funny. It's the time I'm wearing it. And then I was like, you know, if I wore this for the actual call, I know Tall would be like, oh, that's so corny. And I'm like, actually, this is what I brought with me. I've been here for a, I've been here for a month. It's just one of, it's in my rotation. Are you in Mammoth right now? Yeah, I'm in Mammoth. I've been here for a month. Leaving in the next two days, probably. I love that you have a mammoth picture behind you. Yeah, right. Like it's like yes. a mammoth. The woolly mammoth. Oh my god. Well, Louis. I know. Uh, it's uh, no revoke or anything. Oh like that, god. But it's pretty close. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't fire. have any of that. We just got platinum plaques behind us. Just, just numbers. Just numbers. Um, Louis. Thank you for uh, making the time. I know you're busy uh, training probably world champions and uh, gold medalists and shit like that right now. But it uh, means a lot that you were able to find mm-hmm. a, a nice room in, in Mammoth and uh, and talk to us. Busy yeah, schedule. stoked. Like I said, it's an honor. Oh, man. Well, now I can it. actually, when I wear all my gear, my sweatshirt, my T-shirt, it actually means you were, I was on this. I was on the show. I'm yeah. a fan of it. Go listen. Fucking legend. Well. I've known Louis since he was a little kid. To me, he's always going to be a little little kid. Uh, he's got an amazing story. He's an incredible human. We'll drop anything on the dime of a hat for anybody that's in his life. Um, I'm really excited for you people to hear um, his come up story. It is uh, it is a very good one. Um, this kid's this kid's been through hell and back and has done a lot in the snowboard community and, and more. And uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear about it. So, uh, Louis, what is Thank up? You. Welcome, uh, welcome to Bad News. Yeah. 
I know, I'm stoked. Hopefully we bring some good news to bad news, but everything's yeah, been good. That's man. what we try to that's what we try to do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's I've always a lining. A, a lot. We're snowboarding a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh we got Olympics in February. So I this season was kind of crazy just because it was like, we're having a contest, we're not. We're having a contest, we're not. We are, but it's not in China. It's it's in Canada. No, it's not. It's back in Aspen. Oh god. So it was a little crazy, but did all right this year. So to got to get, you know, start the year off strong in December to try to get a spot on the team and go to the Olympics. So that's really like my main focus is just like been working out when I'm not snowboarding it, but I've been snowboarding so much. And wow. like I said, I was here a month. Uh, Utah was firing in the spring. So I was riding like every day and then I have a month break and then we go to Mount hood ride for another three weeks month. And then we have a longer break until we go to Switzerland in the fall. And so if I'm not riding, I'm going to be making sure my body's good. And, uh, that's literally, that's all I've been doing. Wow. That's my focus. 100% right now is just well, snowboarding oh, and getting ready. Well, let's, let's rewind back about 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Louie, where are you from? And, and tell us a little bit about your family and like, and, and your background, just so people kind of understand like who we're talking to right now. Yeah. So I grew up uh, outside Columbus, Ohio. So I'm a diehard Buckeye fan for this is why him and my wife, this is why him and my wife are close, by the way, they're both yeah, Ohioans and Ohioans are great people. So we yes. just connect like that. But, uh, she, yeah, told me to t- up- she told me to tell you, she loves you by the way. Sorry. Oh, I love Abby. I miss her. So we, uh, so I started skiing. My family thought like my grandparents thought it'd be a great thing for the family to do skiing. Cause I live about five minutes from a 300 vertical foot hill. So for people that aren't good with the numbers like that, it takes me about 10 seconds to ride down the hill. One day, my dad and I saw snowboarding. We're like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Let's try it out. And we fell in love with it. And so honestly, I mean, it's so cliche for me to say it because I always say it, but it's like my dad developed a passion for snowboarding before I knew what having a passion for something was. was. I was wow. like, I don't know what it is. I just, I just like to snowboard and he was always down. So my sister and I were both really active. Uh, growing up. So my mom tended to go with my sister on her, all the stuff she was doing. And then my dad went with me and um, I did like Olympic development soccer teams growing up. I did gymnastics because my, th- my parents thought it'd be super important, you know, pre-puberty for gymnastics. My dad was a wrestler, taught wrestling or coached wrestling, everything, but I just stuck with gymnastics. So, you know, we're, we're going faster here through time, but you know, I would be to have a gymnastics meet in Chicago my dad would drive me from the time it ended through the middle of the night. And then we'd end up in like Western Pennsylvania at this resort called seven Springs. And that's kind of where I really learned how to like ride jumps and stuff like that was we just traveled. My dad and I just loved snowboarding. So anywhere we went, we loved it. And then like Michigan, I rode a landfill that they turned into a ski resort, my resort, super small, all these like small resorts that uh, we didn't care. We were like, this is something new. This is awesome. And we would just ride. Um, and then I went to Wendell's snowboard camp when I was eight years old, which is a summer snowboard camp in Mount Hood, Oregon. And that was like really eye opening to me because a, I'm a kid in, from Ohio and I'm like, wow, I'm snowboarding in August. This is insane. And, um, you know, I actually had like a coach and like a guy helping me. And that was kind of where I learned about like this thing called USASA uh, which is an organization for amateurs. So they have different regions all around the world or country, sorry, around the country. And then you qualify for nationals. So it's like age groups and then there's an open class. So that was kind of where I got introduced to like the competitive side of snowboarding. And I went from like, just loving it to like actually 
competing. But this was like my reward for being a good kid, doing well in school, was going to Wendell's snowboard camp. And it was also my first snowboarding injury because uh, we call it a scorpion where you like catch your toes and then your back arches yeah. up. And my board sliced me in the side of the head. So I have a nice dent in the side of my head oh, because okay, this is a- before really helmets were a thing. So that was my first injury also. Uh, and it's also funny because the guy who coached me is like a really big time photographer in snowboarding, out of snowboarding. He actually just had a collaboration with G-Shock. He shoots for Burton and pretty much big time stuff. But he was my coach. Uh, was that like 20 some years ago? So I've known him forever. But uh, yeah, so then from there, I started doing our series for USASA was in Cleveland. And there's two resorts in Cleveland, Boston Mills and Brandywine. And it went from like youngest to oldest. Well, my dad's super competitive. He loves snowboarding. So obviously he was going to be competing in his age group. <laughs> and it was like on the weekends, that's what my dad did. We drove three hours up to Cleveland. We competed. And a lot of times, I mean, this is, there are no jokes to this. Like I would be, I mean, I'm eight, nine years old and I'd be super tired because the con- in Ohio, you can ride at night. Like a lot of places you can ride till three in the morning in Ohio. Um, it looks like a Walmart parking lot, super orange lights and shadowy, but it was still snowboarding. But my dad would lay out a jacket on the snow and pretty much I would sleep on the side of the run because he was competing at the very end. I competed at the very beginning and I'm so young. So uh, we used to compete and I formed a lot of good friendships with the older guys that helped me along the way. And that's where I started to go to nationals and literally get obliterated by people because, you know, I'm competing against kids from Lake Tahoe, from Utah, from Mammoth, all these places. They're like in April. I was done snowboarding by early March because our seasons were just done. And I was just like, wow, like insane. I'm with all these kids and they're like sponsored. And I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm from Ohio, but I'm still snowboarding. And yeah, so it kind of was funny because I was like middle of the pack my a lot of my time growing up in usasa and then a guy that used to help me out in pennsylvania started coaching at stratton mountain school which is a snowboard boarding school in vermont and we used to go to seven springs which is the pennsylvania and ride and it was like the guy's trip i mean i'd my dad and i would stay at a hotel the same hotel every time you could rent it by the hour we'd back our car up throw everything in the room sleep on top of the covers they gave you a gallon of water to brush your teeth and to drink because you couldn't use the faucet water so stay crazy. There, ride we'd normally we'd poach it because you could park up above where the half pipe and everything was so we'd poach it you'd see ski patrol or the whole crowd would just kind of like move out of the way and then when they leave you come back because nobody bought a ticket yeah and uh yeah so he went to sms and he said i want louis to come here and this is sixth grade hell no no way he's not ready seventh grade no way not ready Eighth grade is when my parents kind of considered it, but my mom didn't want me to sacrifice my education and then, you know, obviously wanted me to be a good kid. So I had to make a deal with my mom. I took Latin for four years at school and everybody says the same thing. Well, can you speak Latin or, but people don't speak Latin. So both are true. I can't speak Latin and nobody speaks it anyways, but it was a deal that I got, had to do for to go to school. And I got, I went winter time of eighth grade. So I got tutored in the fall and spring. And I had this old guy that would like, literally, he, I'd look out the window, he'd grab me by the face, look back. It was after school. I didn't want to be there. I was over it, but that was what it took to go to boarding school. So 13 went to Vermont and was the first time I got coaching. I had teachers that understood traveling because in Ohio, if you didn't play baseball or football, you missed too many days, automatic fail, even though I was a good in school, um, lived with kids that all wanted to snowboard. We, we snowboarded 
from like morning until noon and then went to school from like 12 to five. So every day was normal school, college prep stuff. I uh, had study hall or, you know, makeup tests with teachers. If you did that in school, you didn't travel. But that was like the first time that I really kind of got a taste like snowboarding every day, a full length season. Um, and that was kind of the first step, right? Does Louis actually like snowboarding? Um, can you do a whole season and everything like that? The year before I went there, I got third at nationals. And then my first year at Stratton, I won nationals in my age group, which was the same year that I went to the 2002 Olympics with one of my friends whose dad was really successful is a in Israel. I think they invented the digital answering machine. Mm-hmm. He flew my dad, Rich. me, him, everybody out to the winter Olympics in Utah in 2002 PJ nicest plan I've ever been on still, but like flew us out there. We got to go to all the events. I got to watch half pipe and half pipe in 2002 was when the U S swept JJ Thomas third, uh, Danny cast second Ross powers one. So the reason I'm saying this mostly is I didn't really think of snowboarding as anything other than getting free stuff and getting to snowboard, but Ross powers who won went to my, went to SMS. He graduated from Stratton mountain school. He was coached by the guy that was currently coaching me. And then I ended up winning nationals that year, my age group. And it was kind of like the light bulb moment. Like, wow, I can, I can really do this. Cause that was only the second year that snowboarding was in the Olympics. So that was kind of like the eye-opening moment for me to like, I'm actually like, I could do this for a living. I could go to the Olympics. I'm already doing the right steps and it's starting to pay off. So uh, 2002, I'd say was like the year where snowboarding became like something that I saw a future in rather than something to get like some free t-shirts and hats and stuff from companies because I mean, I still get excited about that, but at the time that was like the coolest thing, like, you know, going to the skate shop and they give you some stickers. I mean, that's what I cared about. Anyway, you were like in ninth grade, uh, eighth grade, eighth grade, eighth, man, you knew what yeah. you're going to do at eighth grade, man. That's so well, crazy. I think it was like, you just loved to snowboard. And it was like, you saw somebody that went, yeah, to, went totally. to your school and you're doing, you're like, wow. Oh, cool. I've been, Cause I mean, Ohio, we had snowboarding, we had skateboarding, but it's very different than growing up in a mountain town and having snowboarding right. or being in a scene. It was like, you know, like I didn't know in Ohio, we go to like the book fair at school and they'd be like sports illustrated with a snowboarder on. And you're like, awesome. So, you know, you kind of start or like you go to the skate shop and that's where you inter- get introduced to snowboard movies more than anything. It wasn't like there was pros coming to Ohio to ride our For little sure. hill. So it was kind of one of those things where, wow, wow, all this stuff can happen. Like I, it opened, it just was like, you really got a full glimpse of what was, what was out there and what is possible. You know, I got to travel a little bit more, you know, go to Mammoth for the first time and, you know, Vermont's a legendary place for snowboarding. Cause that's where snowboarding was invented, you know? Right. So it's kind of a lot of chain reaction, but all in a short period of time. And then obviously winning my age group was like, went from middle of the pack to actually winning like, Whoa. At what point Louis, was your dad? Like, I mean, not your dad, but like you and your dad were like, yo, like this could be like a real career, not like I'm going pro or amateur. Right. Like at what point are you like, Holy shit. Like you can make real money. Like, you know, being like a professional extreme sports athlete. Um, I don't know. Cause I don't really know if I've ever had that like conversation with my dad. My dad's always been one of those people that's like, find your passion and right. then just whatever you do, work your ass off at it. I don't care what it is, but you better try to be the best. Own it. In it. Yep. Mean, you're the best at it. If yep. I played soccer, I mean, team sports were hard because I did well in soccer. So he used to say like, if we lost and I played well, he'd be like, 
if you can look in the mirror and tell yourself that you gave everything you had and that's all you can ask for. So whatever it was and what I had to do, it was like, go all the way. And I mean, I lucked out because, you know, I started to get a little bit of love and some money, you know, fairly young, you know, or in high school still. So I never, I mean, still to this day, my checks don't even come to me. Like my checks go to my parents or to my financial <laughs> yeah. advice. I don't get any of it. Right. Nothing's ever changed. So, I mean, a lot of times, like I know what my deals are when I'm signing them, but I never really like knew after that. You'd ask me a month later, like, I don't know. I just know it's yeah. a year deal or two year deal. I have to do this. But, um, I think it was just kind of like eighth grade was more like you just seeing the Olympics. And then as you started to get more into the scene, all I really cared about was like, I love getting free stuff from companies that I like admired getting to travel and I don't know, going to the Olympics, I guess, winning events because you're going you start to see some events, especially with the U S open, which is one of the most legendary snowboard contests that was in Stratton's backyard. I could we used to do like warm up jogs, you know, in the fall and spring yeah. up to where U.S. Open is, but uh, that was really. I mean, I remember being in Mammoth and there's a pro snowboarder named Eric Jackson who was uh, his. He and his brother are pros, and he was put on really early. And I remember him talking about buying like Game Boy Color or something. I'm like, oh, like how'd you get you bought that? He's like, yeah, I used my travel budget, and I'm like well, what's a travel budget? Like, what is that? I don't know what that stuff is. So then it was like, I want to get a travel budget so I can buy like a Game Boy Color or whatever it was at the time because I, I, I'm so far removed and like, I don't want to say kook, but I was like a little kooky because, you know, I didn't really know. I wasn't like in the scene. You're from Ohio. Snowboard. You're from Ohio. And you have been doing Ohio, snowboard man. all day. I know. So what's, what, like, if, that, if that's like the difference, like if you could still get like gear and get like a little bit of money and travel for free as an amateur, what's the real difference between an amateur and a professional? As a professional, you know, you're getting, I mean, it's even evolved since I've been a pro. It's like, yeah. you know, for me, since I did contests, you have paycheck, you have travel budget, some companies, yes or no, then you have incentives. So if you get a photo in a magazine, the cover oh, okay. X amount, one page, you win a contest, you get, you know, you might have different, you win, you get X amount, second, max amount. Then you have like, I had TV incentives. So like being on TV, I got paid more. You'd always see, you'd always see Louis go like this for like his NEF deal. It just like, yep, there you go. <laughs> oh yep. yeah, with my board. That's why you see everybody <laughs> with the stickers on your board. You have to board up next to you. But a lot of it's changed now. I mean, over time, like magazines are just, I mean, I don't even know if there's really, there's not much of a snowboard magazine scene anymore just in the last three to five years, like Transworld, Snowboarder, everything's kind of going digital or not even happening. So deals are structured a little bit differently. Now I never liked travel budget because I just have to give a receipt and snowboarding is not the most like on top of it. It's like, you might be like, Hey, did you get that receipts that those reimbursements? <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, just put in the uh, salary. I'll eat the rest of the cost. That's fine. But I didn't have to go through a process, but that was really the big difference. And then obviously the pressure, right. An amateur, mm -hmm. you're like, it's not like skating. Skating does it pretty cool though. Like when you turn pro is when you get a pro model. Death. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like a big thing and they have like a party for, it. they do a lot for it. That's what I, I really wish we did that in snowboarding, but we don't. And so it's like, what makes a pro, what doesn't, is it he's doing pro contests and he's doing well, or is he getting paid? Cause technically if you're getting paid for something, you're a professional. So it's a little different in snowboarding than like skating. Skating's like a, a, a rite of passage almost. Right. You, you've had some major sponsors in your life. One of them being uh, the four letter word, uh, Nike. What, what was that deal like when, when you, uh, when you signed that? That was insane because Nike has tried a couple of times to come in snowboarding, come out. Right. I was pretty young, but um, it was just one of those like, 
whoa, wait, wait, like, let me just let me take a second. Like, let's give me a second. Uh, it was insane. And I think I was technically the second one to sign. I had a, you know, we do the agent thing, go through mm-hmm. it and all, but uh, it was insane because I rode for them for almost a year and a half before they even made any snowboarding stuff. Like yeah. they didn't want me to wear run stickers on my board, which is like a big thing in snowboarding. I didn't have to put them as a sponsor. I just rode for Nike. And um, so we, it was really cool just from top to bottom. I mean, going through the process of creating a boot with Nike, going to the campus, um, I mean, you meet people like Tinker and stuff. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. What am I, I'm a snowboarder. What am I doing here? But, uh, it was really cool just, and especially as the years went on and, you know, they were doing more developing more boots, pretty much you'd have a round table meeting and you're sitting there with designers and they're like any of our technology. Wow. If you could take any of it that we have pads on, which is thousands and thousands, what would you want in a boot? And it's like, Oh, we're going to put a lunar sole which is like brand new and running shoes. We're going to put it on a snowboard boot. And you're, it's just, it was so insane just dealing with a company like Nike. Cause you kind of like feel like, Oh man, this is like what Michael Jordan did or like LeBron does, you know, like they sit there and like design a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, boot or shoe from scratch. And then, I mean, obviously it's like, Hey, can I get these air forces? <laughs> boom. Can I get oh, boom. And it's like, then you have like a, you know, you have your Nike elite account and you're like, I can just log on and just get any Nike stuff. And so it made Christmas birthdays for friends girlfriends, family, everybody like super easy, like, boom, you're getting Nike stuff. Um, but it was really neat. And, you know, in the beginning we used to do one trip a year and we'd get to fly business, which, you know, in snowboarding, you're like budget, yeah. you're like in yeah. the bathroom when you're flying, especially international. And as you're like with a bunch of like snowboarders that you're friends with, I've known, I knew a lot of them for so long. And we're going like we went to Russia and we were supposed to do the cosmonaut plane that like went up and down and you're floating. We we're going to do a shoot. Well, then it got pushed back and then it ended up getting canceled. So we ended up just being in Russia, like shooting lifestyles, just walking around Russia. Like, and we had like, you know, full security with us. Everything's crazy. Like, comp. Then we go over to, uh, I think from there we went to Switzerland that trip. And then we go test the product and you have meetings and you actually do the work. Uh, we did one trip to Argentina and it was like everything you kind of, they did it cool because you got to, got to do some of the cultural stuff too. Like in snowboarding, you land in a trip, you land in an airport, go up to the mountain, do your thing, come back, you're out. And this is like, you know, in Argentina, we did a bunch of different cool things. Like, you know, we got a whole cow and the locals like butchered it up. We're having cheek and pong, you're eating everything and really just experiencing it, shooting awesome photos and content for the year. Uh, for ads and then testing all the new products. And a lot of times it's the first time like we did colorways. Like here's your actual colorway that you only saw on the computer, try them out. And you're like, then you're wearing boots that you did. That's like your boot colorway. And you get to see all your ideas so and crazy. bring it to life. And that was just, it was just awesome. And then I got moved to 6.0 because at the beginning 6.0 was like little kids. Then it became mainstream. And I was like, ah, I like being on Nike snowboarding, but outside of like the people in the know, nobody really knew the difference. So I was like, all right. So I went to Nike snow or Nike 6.0. And then it was like all my contest friends, like, okay, this person's on and everybody that did contest was there. So then you're traveling with people that are like your family because you've been competing with them for years. And, you know, you're staying at a house in X games with elevators and movie theaters and you got all your boys. And it's just, I mean, it's pretty much going traveling. I would assume it's like traveling the world with your, your best friends 
on somebody's rich dad's credit card. It's kind of how it was because like, I mean, we all stayed in a house in Aspen. That was like 10 G a night at least. So it's like, but you're with your boys. I mean, you should get all the new gear at X games. You're like, all right, I'm going to wear this one. So you can't wear it. Okay. What are you going to wear? So we didn't want to match, but we, a lot of us had the same clothes. So it was like Christmas in January with Nike stuff. And you just, everybody outside of snowboarding loved Nike. Like, Oh, Nike makes snowboarding boots. Those are so sick. Now, if I wear my Nike snowboarding boots, you're like, what? Nike makes snowboarding boots? I'm like, yeah, about uh, eight years ago. They did. <laughs> I'm bringing them back. That's amazing. Full circle. But it was just cool. It's just like, I, I think it was like where I was a kid, especially growing up in a stick and ball world. I mean, everybody knows Nike. And so mm-hmm. to be able to do that through snowboarding, it's one of those moments. Like, I mean, there's been a couple. That's one of them. The other one's a McDonald's one. But where you're like, like I'm a snowboarder. I never in my wildest dreams ever would have thought that I would be in this position and get to experience this. How, how old were you uh, in your first X games, Louie? Uh, my first X games, I think I was 17. Like what age did you actually podium? Well, actually that one took me a little bit. 19, maybe. 19 maybe it was after i don't know it was like it was somewhere around the yeah. Olympic time because i did really well my first one i got i qualified second and ended up fifth and my red bull team manager at the time uh regis he was like okay i can get you like these headphones or an ipod color and i got an <laughs> ipod color with like louis vito fifth at yeah. as like a as a thank and that was again this is one of those moments where like Holy cow, I got an right, iPod, an iPod, iPod yeah. color. Like, what? This is sick. I mean, I I mean, I'm still like that now. I mean, Tall knows me well enough. It's like, you know, I I have no shame when I meet people that I like really admire. It's like, I love it. I would tell you, I mean, I'm a big fan. Can I get a picture? Can I do I mean, I'm just cool to meet you. Yeah. And like still being able to like rep stuff. I mean, I've had like Tall sends me so anybody that sends me stuff, it's like, and it's from like friends or a company I love. I mean the hundreds I wear, I wore a hundred so much. Nike was getting mad at me because I'd always wear a hundred stuff, but it's like, I love that thing. And just getting something that's, it's just something priceless about that. It's more than anything. It's just, I like small things and it never in my wildest dreams where I think that snowboarding would ever get me here. It's always right. like a dream, like to get free stuff. Like, Oh wow. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. What would you think Louis is like the hardest thing about uh competition? You know, like, I think you're like a a really good example for the question I'm trying to like bring across when it's practice and there's no cameras on, I feel like you're unstoppable. And I only noticed because, because you're one of my best friends, it's not because I'm friends with like Sean or, or Danny Cass or whoever, right. It's, I, I I watch you because I worry about you and I, and I always want to like, see how Louie can get better, but like, what would you say like the hardest part of a competition is right where I'm saying what I'm trying to say is like when the cameras are off and you're practicing with, you know, you're with let's call JJ coaching you like you're like having the best days. But then when you know there is seven million people watching on ESPN, does that like get in your head? Um, you know, what's funny is the one event that always I struggled with was Aspen X games. And I mean, I've, I have two medals from Aspen X games, but I have four from European X games, which is the exact same people. Um, I, I actually, I love contests. I love the vibe. I love Like you've got to do it right now. Aspen X games was one that I always wanted it so bad. Like, right. and then you mm. had so much practice. Normally you get 30 minutes, 
45 minutes and it's like taking the lift or hiking depending on the time frame. But Aspen was like an hour and you had snowmobiles just going like you had these guys from Argentina just and you're just like <laughs> almost getting tipped off every time. But I would practice so much because I don't have a good I can't stop. Like when I'm snowboarding, I don't like to stop and eat and chill. Like let's hang out on the right. deck and go back. I'm like when I'm working, I'm putting in work. So that was always hard. And I think that's what it was, is just wanting something so bad sometimes. Because that was the only, like, U.S. Open, I got second and third. and But I never won U.S. Open, which there were some times where I thought was I should have, but I didn't. And then those are the only two. Like, I didn't win. I've never won Aspen X Games. I've won X Games. I've won X Games twice. But I've never won those two events. And those are the two that I guess would be the only ones that I'd never won. But X games Aspen. I just wanted it so bad. It was like, you had, I mean, I always set the bar. Like I, I would win every, I'd podium for three years straight. I podiumed every event except for maybe two. And that was in a three year span, but it would be like, Oh, this one was X games. And it was like, why? And it was probably cause I just wanted it too bad. Cause I'm so good at like, okay, win this on to the next. But I also struggled watching it on TV. I'd win the event. I couldn't watch on TV. Cause I'm like, that was whack. That I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And I, I'm always so hard on myself. So I think with Aspen X games, it was like, this is, this is the moment I'm going to do it this time. Because then like two months later, I'd win it with all the same people in France. And I was like, why and there are bigger crowds. I mean, it was on everywhere in Europe and right. in the US. I don't know why it was just Aspen just had, I think that the kind of the aura about it, um, that that was one that I didn't win. I got second. I got third. I just never won Aspen X game. So that one, I think it was just, just the fact that I wanted it that bad. And I would yeah. just push myself to the wall with it. Like I'm going to do it this time. Let's go. Crazy. And so when it comes down to it, there's like different tournaments and events, right? So then there's like the U S grand prix, yeah. Or is it the Grand Prix? Yep. Did I mess it, it up? Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. so then you have like so much stuff Future is like, or X yeah. Games, yeah. How, how do they, how do they level up to in like, I can, you kind of just answered it a little bit, but like, is one besides like the Olympics per se, is um, one more valuable than the other? And like, does, that, does the Grand no. Prix have, does the Grand Prix encompass any of those other tournaments per se? Yeah. So it's, it's, that's the one thing also kind of sucks about snowboarding. We don't have like one solid tour. Yeah. Like we had do tour at one time and do tour was three events. They gave an overall winner. Grand Prix used to win an overall winner, but they were all during the same time. We had six plus events every year. Um, it was kind of weird because the Grand Prix would be like a lot of heavy hitters, but you might, might miss one or two depending if they're doing other stuff. But it was always a good one for me because it was on NBC and I had TV incentives. So it was always nice to do the U.S. events because they were on TV too. But then like those are our Olympic qualifiers for the U.S. where you are the Grand Prix. So you'd have five of them, four or five the Olympic year, best two results. So some people really okay. took them seriously. Some didn't. I was on the U.S. team, so I, I did all of them. Um, but there would be a lot of heavy hitters. There might be a kid that could win but wasn't maybe the favorite one to win that might not be there. Two tour was like the new hot one. And that was three stops. It was Breckenridge, Killington and Vermont, and then ah, uh, snow basin in Utah. Those were the three. And they did, they did it really cool, cool trophies, you know, cool overall trophies. There was a big thing. And that was kind of like the newer event because Grand Prix has been around forever. Um, X games is X games. It's just legendary U S open, the most historical snowboarding event in snowboarding. Cause it's been around since like the eighties. So, uh, there's different tiers only in the sense of 
kind of, I guess, what they mean to you. U.S. Open is like mm. you're on a list of history, you know, like from Terry Hawkinson, you know, to Danny Cass, everybody. And then do tours like a newer one. You want to do it because that was like the new hot one. So I won that one overall twice. Um, and then Grand Prix, I won a couple overalls. Was actually, I won a truck one year. That was pretty cool. It was like to win a vehicle. So that was like awesome moment um <laughs> and then yeah so it's just like me i based a lot of my events on like tv i didn't go to europe a lot and do contests uh burton did an event called european open and i never did that it was close to x games it wasn't on tv really in the u.s uh mine was always like what's going to be on tv who's going to be there let's make it big and kind of do that so i i judged a lot of my events on you know viewership is it going to be on tv yeah well it's kind of tight to x games x games is a little more important to me so i don't want to get jet lagged and deal with that so i just just did x games what was that? who was your first sponsor louis <laughs> my first sponsor was sun sports which is a, a snowboard shop in ohio shop. But, right. but it's funny because the guy who one of the owners he's actually pretty high up at rogue fitness now because rogues from columbus too i'm like that's a little bit of a pivot from yeah action sports and snowboarding to that um, and then my first like big one would have been Sims, Sims okay, Snowboard, which is cool. Oh, wow. And that team manager was awesome because I was living in Ohio. Like he would ask for my report card in school. Like he really That's and my cool. parents like that. Um, and I I did that one forever. I used to ride for Bawari for a hot second, which is like the ski race helmets, but it was a helmet. And then um what was another one? That was like the big one. Smith was like a big one too when I rode for Smith for a while and Again, it's just like, you know, I would get some bargain kind of goggles growing yeah. up. I didn't even really have snowboarding gear. A lot of times it was just like, it was a snowboarding jacket, but it wasn't like a Volcom or something yeah. like that. So it was like so cool to to get these goggles. I mean, I remember on a bus to my first nationals and I'm like a little kid and there's like, you know, a 16 year old kid and his name's Lane Knack and he's part of the grenade crew. I became friends with him later on in life. I remember he like pulled out of his backpack, like a stack of lenses and like a bunch of goggles. And I'm just like, I got these clear ones that were on like sale. I don't even know what company they are, but so it was like, for me, a lot of it was like when growing up, it was just like, I want to be like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. a stack of lenses. Like my parents would never buy me that. I used to get my goggles at the coaches sale at Wendell's from this Japanese pro snowboarder who was like one of my favorites because of it named Ryo Tahara. And he used to sell our, his Arnett goggles in the summer, 20 bucks. Every summer I get a new pair of goggles from Ryo Tahara. And that was why I had Shout Arnett. Out Ryo. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Man. Um, so, but, yeah. Crazy thing, you know, got all the good stuff, all the good side of, of snowboarding, but what about the bad? Like what about the injuries? You know, cause Oof. I think, you know, we had steel on here and we we're talking about how water isn't always soft, especially at 25. Yeah, and yeah. I think, you know, on TV, I think some people, I think that snow is real soft a lot of the times too. So how, well, I how think about- the funniest thing about doing half pipes, snowing what I do is like, you want my, my girlfriend always like gets so confused, like kind of laughs about it now, but was confused. Cause you want snow. Cause you need the snow to build the half bike. Yeah. But then once it's built, we don't want yeah. snow and in there because it's slows you down and makes it bumpy. So yeah. it's 22 feet high. Um, and it's just like ice. I mean, it's more or less it's ice. ice. Yeah, you want ice. ice. So, yeah. And, and Louis, just so people know how, how tall are you? I'm, I'm five, six at the he's beginning a, of the season. He, five, yeah. five at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. So, so like the thing is in, um, so I, my first one was slicing my head open 
and that was like the first, like, wow, you know, like I actually got really hurt. I mean, I'm taking a snowboard going like this into your head. So that's what I did. Um, and then when I was 14 or 15 at, we had a thing called super park. Um, I snapped my femur and that one was weird because it didn't hurt though. I tumbled and I felt my leg and it's on a jump. I felt my leg bend oh. and like go back and I ended up like sitting there and I went to stand up and I like, my body just wouldn't. And then Pat Bridges, who, I owe a lot of credit to my snowboarding as well, who ran Snowboarder Magazine forever. He's like, are you all right? I was like, uh, help. And so he like got somebody up there. And I remember being, and I told my uh, an old coach that coach me at Windows, I think I broke my leg. He's like, oh, no, 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 we'll figure it out. And But going down in the sled, I could feel the bottom part of my oh leg. Oh, my God. Not yeah. your leg. Your femur is crazy. It's like the yeah, so, bone in your body. And so they're telling my parents, I'm getting, I'm young. I'm 14, 15 in Breckenridge. And they're like, ah, he thinks he broke his femur, but – he would be in a lot more pain. Don't worry about it. And so the lady came in and I'm like, so is it broken? And she goes, <laughs> yeah, it was broken. And this place like this, Oh my! I have, I have really big, big legs, little tree trunks. So uh, it didn't pop through. So that was a big one. And that was the moment where my dad has, he has all these moments where you like, kind of learn about yourself. All right. We'll learn if you really love snowboarding or not. And I actually, I got my, I got a rod and four screws in that leg. Uh, and 14. It was, you know, normally wow. six to nine, I was snowboarding in three to four. I was back making turns again, but I was doing therapy. I was back in Ohio. I was doing therapy three times a week with a therapist and four times a day with my mom, like every day, just going. And then the next year I broke my wrist, finished that contest, went to the next contest, went home for Christmas. And my mom was like, you got to get a check out. Cause I couldn't really hold anything with it. And so I, I broke my scaphoid, which is like every time you move your thumb, it moves the bone. So I had to get one of those stupid casts that cover your thumb. Mm-hmm. But I rode all winter with that broken and I kept re-breaking it and grinding it. So we wow. sent it to the, sur- the surgeon that did my femurs, the best hand doctor in the world. Shout out to Dr. Biola. He did all the Ken Rocks and stuff too. He said, all right, this is the beginning of March. He's like, Louie needs to come in here by the end of the month or the bone's going to die. I said, okay. So I went to Vail. And we got him to do a two for two for one. We took everything out of my leg, rod and everything out of my leg. And then I had to get a bone graft from my hip and screwed into my wrist because I wore away three millimeters of it from just grinding all winter. So that one was like fine because I had a cast all winter. And after surgery, it's like, don't do anything for four weeks, like lifting anything. And then you're like, good. So that made faster. You know, I did... I did my meniscus and this one I can tie in ties in a little bit here, but I tore that one and I kept riding. So what I would do is we were at super, so we were at super park again and I was filming for, uh, with grenade when Danny Cass and I would do body squats because I couldn't bend my leg, like even enough to walk downstairs without it hurting. So I do body squats to get all the pain going in my body, drop in, do the trick. So when I'd suck up my legs for the trick, it didn't like shock me with the pain. The pain was already there. And then that was like the same Dude. time I got to ask to do the interview for dancing with the stars. And I was like, well, this is perfect because I don't know what they're going to ask me at the interview, but I know that I can't dance because I can barely walk downstairs and I have a torn meniscus. So I can do the interview, but I don't have to worry about dancing because my knees jack. So perfect. Win, win. Um, but I got that one 10% taken out cyst drained in my knee because i rode with the torn for so long shout out dr cooley and then i've had you know like separated shoulder i've had 
All ligaments are the worst, so we just skip a lot of the ligament stuff because I've ridden with everything. My back, I did my disc. I almost tore my L5 all the way through at U.S. Open, finished that contest, got second, went to France, won that contest, went through the whole next year, and then finally I couldn't move. Like I couldn't I remember, walk. I, rem- I remember that, Louis. I remember just the amount of pain oh, you were in. Dude. I oh. totally remember that. And, you and just that like, one, like, I couldn't even slide down. Yeah. If I was too high, I couldn't yeah. move. JJ, my coach, JJ Thomas at the time was bringing me food into Aspen in my hotel room. I was like eating it sideways. So that was when I got introduced to like getting a cortisone shot pretty much was like the real one. I could actually like sit. And so that one I rehab for 11 weeks to like, cause they were afraid I was going to tear it off the rest of the way, all the way through. Um, and then that one still bothers me to this day. I had it. I have a tear in my L4 right now. My L5 is bulged now. But I found like when I was doing one of my <laughs> MRIs, this has happened a couple of times. One MRI, I found a compression, fra- an old compression fracture up high. Um, I found a chip bone in my ankle one time on like some other injuries. Like, oh, you chipped at your ankle a while ago. Oh, you have a compression fracture. It's an old one though. But 2018, I rode Amazing. with a bulge in my L5, my L4 torn, and I broke my back. And that was the same thing. I broke it run one. I did the same thing as my knee body squats, you know, just jumping, get all that pain in. Cause it was a really crappy day. And I was like, well, if I land flat on this first double, then I want to be able to like not have the pain, just blow me up and just right. party in pain. So then let's go. So that one, I, that was season was rough because I actually got to a point where like, I couldn't do cortisone anymore. I would have to land with my hands on my knees. It was just like your body's out. I mean, two discs blown pretty much and a broken back. I mean, basketball players sit out with a jammed finger. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> it came to a point where I was just going to get never on pulled out of a contest. I never pulled out of a contest because of that. Like my thing is I have great doctors that are some of the best in the world. And I normally say like, can I get worse? What do you think? If No, it'd just be painful. All right, then let's go because pain I can deal with. It's the risk of like, it getting worse or like paralyzing you or whatever it is. But if they say it's not going to, there's a very small chance it's going to get worse then I'm going to push through. I mean, I've done so many events where I've like to have a full season at hundred percent of like health wise has been freaking a decade. I mean, it's just net. You always have something banged up or sore. Now it's just my back every day. Um, But you know, you just learn to kind of treat with treated. And my theory is I'd rather be old and like be a freaking, you know, limping around and be old and really have lived life than to be a hundred percent in old and not have really lived life. Cause the way I say everybody dies, but not everybody lives. So my theory is like, I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. I'm very safe with what I do, but I know there's always going to be risks and uh, that's how I want to live my life. And I'll have no regrets about it. It's like you taking the car in at the end of this, like all beat up. You're like, here, I'm here. I'm yeah. here to return the car. <laughs> yeah. But it was a hell of a Give me the new one. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Beat the shit out of this. Man, that's crazy. Pain threshold, like nobody's business. So I guess you almost, you jumped us almost in there to, to dancing with the yeah. stars. Yeah. So I guess we're getting to that. I guess we just, we jumped I know, in. I know, I know, I know. We have to, we have yeah. to. But you also did a lot of other, I've seen you done, you've done a, I saw you on MTV reality. Oh, this guy, don't even get, seen, don't, yeah, we're not even there yet, but yeah. well, let's just go to dancing. Let's go to Fuck out of This guy's done a lot of things that I'm going to call him out on. Uh, Louis, what, how? How did Dancing with the Stars come about? Remember when we when we went to my mom's house and she's like, "I know him." I was like, I don't yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "There's a few moments of that with you where I was like, like the, again, just one of those moments where you're like with awesome people, which 
so you know being with tall it's like you're always surrounded you're like just try to be quiet so you don't be a kook but like just <laughs> wow what am i doing here like this is insane but dancing with the stars uh, an agent friend of mine called me and asked me if i'd be interested i'd never watched the show my parents right. loved it i think i watched uh after that first call i watched like floyd because floyd's my favorite athlete of all time and uh master p those are the only people i ever watched on dance with the stars and so i said sure i mean i've always kind of been taught you know you always say yes until it's like right in front of you then you can make a decision because you know many times like oh you want to do this deal it's so big and then you're like yeah dude i'm doing it and then it never happens so i just say yeah so i went and did the interview and it was crazy because it was probably still to this day the only interview that i ever did where i walked out and it was like i said everything i wanted to say i felt great it was the best interview that i've ever felt like i've done and it was a fun one. They didn't ask me to dance either. So that was good. But in my head, this is like my, where I really made the mistake is to me, if I could learn the steps, then I'm good. But I didn't really realize that like learning the steps, that doesn't mean that you're actually dancing. And I learned that one on live TV with 22 million people watching, oh, but that's not God. dancing. That's just learning the steps. <laughs> so I thought like, yeah, I got this, like whatever, like I can, you know, do my thing on the dance floor but obviously that's not ballroom dancing. So they, they said, we love Louie, but he doesn't really fit with the season. So I was like, Oh, they're going to see if I make the Olympics or whatever. Right. And then they actually called me like in the spring and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, Oh, like this is for real now. Now I got to make a choice. So I talked to a few like of my sponsors. I talked to Todd Richards, who's like been a mentor of mine yep. and was like, Hey, what do you think? And Todd gave me the best advice that I still use to this day. And he's like, if you do it, just, be able to a make fun of yourself and b take people making fun of you and don't try to be somebody you're not like don't try to be cool right or try yeah to, just be you and make fun of yourself and you'll be fine and that's like been a a, a lesson that i've really from the 20 i'm 21 28 yeah 21 at this time i think and that's what i learned and i still do it to this day and so i said all right let's go let's again i don't really know what i'm getting into so i was in new zealand riding and I come back like a week late and it's just like, you're just right into it. And that's like paparazzi again. Like, why do you care about me? Like the Twitter's brand new. I have like the least amount of followers out of everybody on the show, including like people whose dad's famous, you know, like it's just, yeah. I don't know. And it, like, I remember the first time I had to go to this party and like, we were doing like the press. Cause it's like you and your cup, you and your partner, it's like the new, you're, they're getting ready to announce the season and all this. And this person's like, you're really pale. I'm like, I was just in New Zealand for a month. Like, I mean, over there, but on the flip side, that's also, I, I had free tanning, which I never really tanned before. That was a learning experience. Like first time going to like, I think it was called like UVB or some tanning place in LA. And you like could go as many times as you want, but it was also the first time I ever got a spray tan. And let me tell you, <laughs> that was one of the most insane experiences that I've ever had in my life. So like, yeah, you gotta get a spray tan. I have a publicist that does dance with the stars people. I'm like, all right. So I go to this place. It's like a press thing. And this lady hands me this black thing. And I'm like, it literally looked like a black, like tampon thing. And I was like, what is this? She's like, it's kind of like a man thong. So meanwhile, I got to I'm in this room and I put this like man thong thing on and then they're spraying you. Like I did not even know what spray tanning was. They're spraying you. And I'm like, what? And I'm doing these weird poses like this and they get you all right. Right. right everywhere. But then I could, I had a little sliver 
I could see myself in the mirror and I was kind of like oiled up. So then I kind of was like, I look pretty good, like flexing and stuff. I was like, that's what bodybuilders feel like. But then after that, I learned that I could just do my upper part of my body because it was like, I don't like the way it smells and feels. So Dance of the Stars opened me up, like outfits I'd never wear on Halloween, ever, 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 <laughs> doing moves you'd never see me do. Uh, I went spray tanning. I went into a tanning bed for the first time, like doing like press at events and like paparazzi following you. Like paparazzi, I was giving them, I used to ride for Monster. I was giving them Monsters. I rode for spies, get them spy sunglasses because like, I thought like, these guys are fun to talk to. I don't yeah. think everybody hates paparazzi. They're awesome. And I got like a relationship with the the paparazzi that followed Dance from the Stars were like, my friends because i was like also like if they're cool i'm cool with them then they're yeah. never gonna trash me but those are like the things that i never really ever really experienced and kind of got thrown in like i mean i would come to la i mean i hung out with tall and dingo and i did like nightlife stuff and hung out with you know really cool people but not like where they actually are paying attention you're going to the airport and they're like asking you questions trying to get you to say like hot topic issues and it's just like man, I just snowboard. Like, this is insane. And I would say, Tall, you might not remember this, but this is like one of my like proud moments. And I remember Benji and Joel's mom was, we went over to their place and her, their mom was in town and she was so stoked to meet me. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, <laughs> your kids are the Madden twins. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And it was like one of those moments where like, I didn't, I was like embarrassed because I didn't know how to act because it's like, this is like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. That, yeah, was like, yeah. that was like one of the cool things. And I mean, I always reflect anything I've done in my life. It's like, I all, because I started just because I love snowboarding and I never thought snowboarding would take me to these places. But um, yeah, dance with the stars was definitely like way far out yeah. of my comfort zone. Not to mention the first time they like did diss me about my hair and all, I'm like, you wanted a snowboarder, you got a snowboarder. I'm not cutting my hair for the <laughs> show. And I kind of was into it. Like I was kind of like the rebellious one. Like I'm jumping. We had this thing in this big ballroom. We were like practicing, shooting all this stuff. And everybody's there. And I jumped from the balcony onto like one of the crash mats and the producers lose their mind. But it was just all about having fun, doing something different. But that was insane because I, I got really competitive with it. I met a lot of friends from that show um, that are still friends to this day to me. And once I was so far out of my comfort zone, then there was a lot of things between dancing with the stars and snowboarding that I didn't really think twice about doing. And not to mention, I went from dancing with the stars to making the Olympics. So if I could do dance with the stars, where like 22 million people a week watching live audience, um, no confidence in my, my dance, then snowboarding was my comfort zone. I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I knew what the judges want. And I went to the Olympics and like, wasn't nervous at all because I was so far out. So it just, right. oh, that yeah. was one of those things where it allowed me to do a lot in between without being worried because listen, I did dance with the stars. There's nothing like that you could hate on as much right. as that in snowboarding. That was my biggest fear. I mean, I had people talk smack for sure, but in end of the day, like we used to, my parents and my dad and I would mostly would play a game. Like, do they know you from snowboarding or dancing with the stars? Does this grandma know you from snowboarding Amazing. or dancing with the stars? Like I got so many, my grandma loves you. And there's like core snowboarders that, probably hated that I did the show whose parents are like mom and grandma love me. And so it kind of just opened it up. Like I always wanted to be bigger than snowboarding, but bring snowboarding with me. And uh, like I said, it, it grew me up fast because I had like, I'm in a different world. I'm in like a corporate world and a lot of eyeballs. Um, it allowed me to do something that I never thought I would do. And it, the people that I met from that show 
uh, was insane. And a lot of great friends to this day from that show. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. I mean, I always wanted to invite me back to the all-star, the all-star one, but I never made it that far to be considered an all-star. So here we are still sitting here. But you know what? It was a, it was an amazing experience and that, and that's, oh, yeah. that's all, that's how life is. Um, let's talk Olympics. Fuck. Right. Huge, huge moment in your, yeah. in your life. Right. I mean, you fucking, yeah. you yeah, went the, to the, the Olympics. Olympics were insane. That was insane. Um, and because that was one of those where you kind of just, I mean, any sport you play, you look at the Olympics. So the fact that I was able to, to make that was mind blowing. I mean, it's still surreal feeling, um, nothing. I mean, I can't even put into words like when you're chanting USA, when you're walking, like we had to walk through a tunnel as I do the opening ceremonies of different countries. And you're just kind of walking around with the crew or like when you walk out there and it was just like, we were in, we were dressed for the Arctic circle, but we were inside. I mean, we had like Ralph Lauren turtlenecks, a Ralph Lauren puffy beanie, wool socks, sweatpants, boot. So like we were killing a lot of time, but like chanting USA. And then like, when you walk out, I was like fake snow and just like crazy flashes. It was, it was, I, that was probably the most priceless moment of my career because right. I can't even describe it, but like, that experience was one of a kind. And then, you know, going to the village and you have all the, all your like USA stuff. And like me, Scotty Lego and Greg Bretz, we would like match our stuff up and like super corny, but we would match like USA Ralph Lauren puffy with an Olympic shirt, like a Ralph Lauren USA golf hat. And then we'd go to, <laughs> we would go to the cafeteria, like three of us all matching, like thought we were so swagged out too. And people would be like, like uh, who are these people like oh right. man look like there's the russian figure skaters like hey what's up and like we just thought we were so cool like yeah, in man. our own world That's you know so i always dope. wondered i always wondered how if the olympians liked the the ralph lauren gear yeah, or not because yeah, yeah. it's always sometimes to me i'm always like uh but i was, was wondering did they let you keep uh, it well we get like you go you land you go to team processing and it's like like a warehouse i mean I'm, oh, i know shit. you guys know like going to your buddy's warehouse but it's like all right, here's this shirt and this size. You can try this on and you just go through and you're like, they give you like suitcases. You're like filling up suitcases and stuff. So we probably had like four big ass duffel bag suitcases full of clothes. And then they take you to the village and they're like, all right, you got about two hours, figure out what you want to keep. Cause you have to keep like your right closing ceremony stuff. But like out of the rest of the stuff, like figure out what you want to keep and we'll come pick up the rest of it and we'll send it to you. Oh, so like okay. a lot of that stuff is still in the, I have it at my house. It's still in the wrapper. Like I never wore it. That's and cool. It's you gotta, safe, you gotta but, keep it in the wrapper. Yeah. Okay. But it's like some of the stuff is like, you looked at it when you got through a team processing and I probably haven't seen it since. Cause I'm like, all right, send that to yeah. back home. And then like we had our outfits and stuff. But, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, okay. Louis, we how, had 20, 24, 24, seven McDonald's there. And this that's one they first came out with, oh crap. Hold on. Yep. Oh, you know, moving enough in there. Comfort no, so it's a, it's like one of the hot tub ones. You got to spin yeah. it up. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. We're still a little throwback here in Mammoth, you guys. I'm lucky yeah. I got internet. But really? yeah, so it was like, you know, it just, it was wild because we were like, all right, we got this. And then you had to have the lanyard. And it was like mad security everywhere you went. We stayed, we moved out of the village and stayed in a house on the resort that we were competing at. And you still had to do like 
three or four checkpoints. And I'm talking like German shepherds at every right. lawn, metal detectors. Well, well my, my country, my, I'm from Israel. So like, that's yeah. the reason why all that happened because of what happened yeah. in the Germany and in, in Munich, you know? So, yeah. uh, uh, that's awesome that it it's that safe, right? Because oh, it's insane. And yeah, and it's crazy because people and I mean, I guess some people in different countries is different. Like I went to Korea uh, with Toyota to do some work because my that was the year I broke my back and stuff. And it was a little different for like getting into the village, but people would always be like, did you sneak people in the village? And in Vancouver, maybe it's also because of English language and and it's a Western civilization and stuff. But like, there was no way I was getting anybody in this. Like there was like checkpoints. Every time we went in and out, we'd have the lanyards with our pictures, everything. And it was still like, you still had multiple checkpoints to go through just to get back into the village. So it's, it was, that was wild. So again, the added to like the dance with the stars going through security, by the time you got to the half pipe, you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> comfort zone. Like this is my, this is my happy Sanctuary. place. Um, so the only thing that was weird is we did everything in one day. So most events we do qualifiers, we might have a day off and then we have finals. Um, at the Olympics in Vancouver, it was all in one day. So we had qualifiers top two from each heat, which Sean white and I were both in the same heat. We go right to finals, then, you know, whatever to whatever made semis. So Sean and I went inside and it was like a hut. I mean, it was like this big shipping containers pretty much for the wax people to do your boards. So we're sitting there like, all right, you know, you kind of have the come down from the event semifinals goes on and then when finals comes up we come outside and it's dark so not only did you go in when it was sunny and you're in a no window room and then it's dark so then you had to build back up for the second like okay i gotta get my adrenaline going again um like i'm a big with music when i snowboard so that helped but that was like the first event we ever really had or at least that i did where we did everything one day qualifiers semis finals boom all in one day you're done uh so that was I wish that it didn't do it then back, back in those times. Now it is two days, but uh, that was a little different, but it really cool. I ended up fifth. Uh, I thought I should have done a little better, but snowboarding subjective. And at the end of the day, I mean, I've have people that know snowboarding that think I won. I got second, I got third. I went to this Olympics that I didn't even go to. I mean, it's just all confusing, but you know, they say once an Olympian, always Olympian, never former, never passed. And it's just one of those that, for me and to do it from Ohio to do it like kind of my way of getting there was very different than a lot of people. It means a lot. And uh, I have a very supportive family. So like my grandpa who just passed away last year, he got to go, my grandma, my cousins. So like after our event, again, snowboarding, not really an Olympic kind of sport. I went right into the crowd, you know, security guards all tripping <laughs> out, walked right into the bleachers, sat with my grandparents, gave them hugs. And you know, it was just one of those moments that was wild. How does, um, how, how do you get invited to the Olympics, Louis? Like, how does one like get an invite uh, to be a U.S. you know, from the U S team? <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to do this. This is like the confusing part, but, okay. um, so you got to do a world cup world cups are like international in each country. Like if it's in Europe, us might get like seven spots or whatever. So you got to get a top 30 in this one uh, time frame. Top 30 makes you eligible for the Olympics. And then each country has to earn a quota spot. So there's a list, let's say it's from December until the next January. So like 13 months, 
however many athletes uh, that nation has in the top 30 or top 25, it's top 25 now, is up to four is how many quota spots. So let's say the U.S. has four quota spots, they earned it. Then it's up to the nation to choose how they get rid of it. Some some nations are like, you earn a quota spot, you get the quota spot. Some are like, you have to have this trick combination. There's a skier that's here that his nation makes them have to learn a certain trick. And then the U.S. has had separate qualifying. So if I earned a quota spot, it doesn't mean I get to go. I have to do the qualifiers. And they just changed that this time around. So now it's, I don't even know how they're doing it now because it's it's so different. I'm not doing the U.S. anymore. So uh, I don't have to worry about it as much. But normally it was your best two results out of five Grand Prix. The first three were any all international. And then the last two were just Americans. Wow. So complicated. That's so complicated. Yeah, it is. And now I actually, before I just kind of like, I go to a world cup, tell me to stop. Cool. I'm eligible. I got a quota spot, whatever. Then I was focusing on our qualifiers. Now I have to actually figure out points and this and that, because for Italy, it's, if you get a quota spot, you go. So now I got to figure out how to get my quota spot and what I, what I need to do at certain events and all this stuff. So that's insane. So crazy. So insane. Yeah. And you know what's even crazier to me is that you can even ski year round almost. Like this you, is no, it's not it's not almost it is you can. Like, know, it's just, but that just it's like those guys you watch like never ending summer and there was like the concept of them just chasing the wave, you know, and I was just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But it's like the almost in reverse and I don't I don't know geography wow. well enough. And we've obviously t- talked about this on the show numerous times, but it's just insane to me I, that you can travel and just snowboard year round. It's fucking guy well, in like I mean, Japan or Switzerland or the places Louis gets to go to around the world are insane. Oh yeah. I mean, they're not. Like, yeah, I mean, we go to like Mount hood, Oregon, for instance, like you can ride there until, I mean, you could go longer, but it's a national forest, but you're going until into August. If you want, like maybe like two weeks into August. And then if you want, you go to Europe and they have like the, like Mount hood is a glacier and a snow field. Like then you can go to actual glaciers in Europe and go ride. And where we go in like October, like that's a glacier. And I mean, if there's like the room runs and then 20 feet next to it, just crevasse, 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 crevasse. You watch like on the distance, like part of the ice breaking off up above and it's just here. And it's just like a freaking waterfall of ice just coming down. It, I mean, that I love mountains. Like I love mountains and I love stadiums. I think stadiums are super cool to see. Um, but that's my favorite. My Europe mountains are different. The Alps are just more jagged than they are in the States. But that was my, I love just being in the mountains, going to the mountains and going in Europe. Like here you got Aspen, Park City, Vale. It's like you got Matsu and Nobu's and all these places in the mountains. You go to Europe, you're in the resorts and you're like, mom and pop like they're in the back cooking and it's right. like they got That's the goats so cool. that they're getting the milk from out back um very different vibe like cobblestone sauce bay where we go in the in the fall like there's no cool there you park outside of the town and then it's all walking in the town so there's just no vehicles there it's just all walking and it's just that's the alps life uh, but i've been trying to do more is you know if i go spend some time in the city so i can and don't just you know maybe spend a night or two in tokyo um and really try to experience it now that i have the financial means to this content is really try to enjoy some of that stuff a bit more dang i cut off at the end of there a little bit but i think we got it i think we got it 
Should we still yeah. Anyways, I'm there? just trying to enjoy it more. Spend, spend. Damn, Louie, you uh, didn't Louis. pay your bills. Damn, Mammoth is getting to you. Oh, Louie's back. Uh, nope. Uh, oh, oh, there, there he is. is. There cool. he is. There he is. Weird. I thought you guys hung up on me. I was like, No, damn. no, you just damn. That's uh, how we close out the show. Mammoth it's like, only See gives you an hour. Um, Louis, I I have a, a few short ones, but like, you know, there was a remake of a movie called Point Break, and um, <laughs> I have to bring it up. Because... I can tell you who was mad about that. <laughs> Point Break is one of my favorite movies ever made. The original with um, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, and um, my man Louis Vito over here. Had to fucking go Hollywood, and he had to be in the remake. Who told you to do that movie, Louie? No, they emailed me off my website, which is like whenever I get an email off my website, it's like out of weird, like, whoa, okay. And I said I would do it, but I wanted a speaking line. And they said, okay. So I got a speaking line in it too. And I remember Tal was like, I love you, Louie. But I'm so fucking pissed that we made that movie. That thing was true. Oh my gosh. It was like tall, like very, very uh, nicely said, like, it's great for you, Louie. But then would just be like, this is bullshit. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He really hates. What was um what's been your one of your favorite things, Louie, through this entire ride? Like what's like something you wake up to every morning and like, man, you know? Um I think oh, there's a few, right? Olympics is obviously right. like on a, that. Um, McDonald's was cool because I got to shoot with the director that did like Space Jam and the Michael and the Michael versus Larry stuff. And I would say um, that was cool being on a McDonald's bag and a McDonald's. Yeah, cup. of course. Are you kidding me? That's so big. Um, I got to. Men's health and doing the body and those are cool. What what, what was that? What, serious, what, like, what was that last one? Did you say men's health? No, top fifty fitness athletes in the world for men's health and then ESPN the body issue. The body issue. That's when you did your and shit naked. That's just because I take it. Yeah, I got a story if you want to hear about that one. That was another one of those awkward moments for me in my life. But that was just like you know, I work hard. I'm last week was like 10 years, no drinking. Uh, so I've been drinking 10 congrats, years. Congrats. Really? Thank you. And you know, I've really been all my fitness, all my diet and really trying to be the best that I can be and have no regrets in as far as snowboarding goes. Uh, so that was like one of those where the work that people don't really see in snowboarding doesn't really care about, but means a lot to me. Um, and then I guess it would just be like having the, the platform to like, you know, doing charity stuff back in Ohio and meeting friends and, and things. And those are probably, I mean, there's a few, but those are a lot of things that I'm just very thankful for. And again, you have traveled the world doing what I love to do with some of my best friends and meeting new people along the way and just experiencing something that I'm very fortunate to experience. That's amazing. Yeah, um, talk about the Louis Vito rail jam real quick too. I, I, uh, I, I read that. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that has been like, I mean, I've been doing that. I think we didn't do it last year because of everything was crazy last year, but I think we're like 15, 16 years. So I started that when I was still in school and boarding school. And it was just one of those, my parents thought it was important too, to, you know, obviously everything was never forget where you came from. And being a good kid was more important than snowboarding. My dad would say, 
I'll make you the best snowboarder in Ohio in a blink of an eye if you're an idiot, meaning he'll pull me out of Stratton Mountain School. This is a luxury. I don't care about snowboarding. He's a good person first and same with my mom. So uh, we started just as a charity event at my home mountain, and I'd have all my sponsors donate get, uh, prizes, you know, snowboards, goggles, watches, everything. And we'd give those away. And then to enter the, the contest, so instead of it being entry because it's expensive to snowboard and especially where i grew up and products uh so the more canned foods you entered to you got raffle tickets and we gave away a lot of the grand prize was a, a, a week a week to window snowboard camp in the summer. for airfare Wendell's gave the session so um it was right after christmas so all the canned food would go to the local food pantries that were bone dry at the end, you know, it was Christmas time, bone dry. So we'd restock them for the entire next year. So to enter, just donate some food. And then we gave that to, you know, the, the local community. And that was my way of, you know, giving back and remembering, you know, the community that made me who I am and the mountain that made me to who I was and all the above. And that's just something I'd like to make it bigger, but it's kind of like in between being like getting somebody to really help and too much for my parents. I love that. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. I also, one of my favorite things that I used to, I used to love going to Aspen to X games. Cause Louie used to have the best after party in all of the X games. Ooh. It was literally the funnest, funnest yeah. parties. Louie would always have a performer. It would just be fucking, it would be pedal to the metal, you know, impossible to get in. Luckily I knew this little guy over here and, but it was, VIP. it was always <laughs> super, Shit. it was always super Exclusive. fun. Um, I had a great, Great and let time. me just tell you something. If you guys ever want to have a party, don't do it in Aspen because you're going to be paying top dollar for airfare, top dollar for their dinner before the show, top dollar for their hotel. And uh, you got to get a car service to take them to Denver because of the snow. That's right. But it was so fun. I mean, I had Yellow Wolf and I actually booked him. We became friends with him before he even signed with Shady. Z Trip, who Z Trip sells out everywhere. Yeah. Was um, so amazing. having Z Trip, they were on the same one. They were my second year. My first year was uh too short and trevor andrew who is his musical name is trouble uh and then he brought like stun a man from the pack and a few people so they were like my first year but trevor married uh who did trevor marry yeah santi gold who's one of jay-z's like biggest secret weapons uh santi gold is massive and andrew used to bring her around all the time it was great and she's awesome awesome and and trevor actually i mean he went to the Olympics for Canada, I think in 02 for half pipe. And then he got into his music and then art. And I mean, he was doing full designs for Gucci. I mean, he created Gucci ghost yeah. and you know, he had freaking everything you can imagine at the Gucci store and he's crushing it in the art world, but he's still a snowboarder. And I know him as the Triza man. Triza was what they used to call himself <laughs> in snowboarding. So they were first year Z trip second year. And then, uh, Go for Amazing. Amazing. Ooh, man. Um, Louis, uh, hold on. I got one, I got one more. What what I want, wanted to say is uh one of my favorite things about Louis Vito is he's he's always been like uh he's been very great at marketing himself. Uh no matter who signs Louis, uh, they get way more than they fucking pay for. 
Uh, Louis is one of those athletes that when he's a part of your family, he will go above and beyond. He'll he'll film the craziest shit for your company. You know, I know G-Shock. He's made G-Shock look so good for so many years. Uh, you know, uh, while 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 some people just give them what they pay for. Right. Like you're like, oh, this this is what I get. But Louis will always go out of his way to to like be there, which is really cool. Cause a lot of people don't fucking do that. They just, they're like, they look at it as like, yo, this is a paycheck. I'm here to just do this for this. And that's that Louis is one of those athletes or people, or, you know, he's a celebrity where it's just like, where it's just like, yo man, I'm going to give you so much more. And that's, I respect that about people. Cause sometimes people forget where they come from, you know? And, uh, and they're just like, yo man, like, I'm just going to give you this. Yeah, especially when there's a check involved. Everyone's like, yeah, man. I mean, that's like my thing too is I appreciate that for one because that means a lot. And I mean, I've been screwed because of that. I remember negotiating a deal with a very big company and they said, well, why are we going to pay Louis for that? He does it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. okay, touche. But, uh, you know, for me, it's really developing a partnership, right? Especially, I mean, there was times like when I did Dancing with the Stars, like I thought we could have done so much with Nike and Monster, but they didn't see it like how I saw it. And, you know, and really, as I got older and, you know, learned and stuff, it's like, okay, what do you guys want to do? This is what I want to do. How can we move forward together and create a partnership and have a, you know, longevity with it? Because it's more than just a sticker on your board. Like, I really want to ride for companies that I believe in and they believe in me. And if I want to pivot a little bit this way, you're still with me because I'll still work my butt off and I'll still be promoting you. Like, and that's what I have with like Toyota too. I mean, I've been with Toyota for a decade now. And if I do six contests, great. If I do one contest, great, because I know that I'll go do content with them. I went right. on a bass fishing show. I go to NHRA. I love to do different stuff, but I always will work hard at it. And that's one thing too. Um, I mean, not just because I'm on here, but like tall, I've learned so much from you about, you know, you know how you can introduce people and meet people and build your Rolodex and like, okay, you're, I'm going to help this person. And it doesn't even matter. I'm not looking for anything, but it, everything comes full circle because you learn, especially like in snowboarding, you have it, LA, you have it. It's such small circles of people. And, you know, your reputation is, will go away quick. And once that's gone, it's gone. So you want to be a, a man of integrity and know that, you know, I will, if, if I put my name on it, I will work hard for you. And then if, you know, tall says something about me, Dingo says something about me, you know, little Hefe says something about me, like, I'm now, now they're on the line for it. So I've always wanted to be like, I will work hard, whatever you tell me to do, like I will do it to the best of my ability. Cause that's how I am with everything. I want to be the best at everything. And if I'm not, well, I'm going to, you know, shoot for the stars and or shit, shoot for the, shoot for the moon, settle for, wait, shoot for the stars, settle for the moon. I write that one all the time too. That's like my thing. It's like, you always shoot for the top, you set up for less, but you always try to be the best. And I just think that that's, one of those kind of things that's lost nowadays, people are okay with being mediocre. And I'm okay. Like if you aren't the best, but you ask, you try everything you can, and maybe you aren't get up that, then that's it. But I feel like society is like the winner. Everybody did great. You know, it's okay. It's like, no, like hard work is what really gets you through anything. You, you're going to have ups and downs. It's not about avoiding obstacles it's about overcoming them because when you overcome the obstacle, it helps shape the person you are and the story you have and everything moving forward. But people now are like afraid of get like failure or afraid of not doing it. It's like, no, 
you're going to have a lot of failures, a lot of obstacles. It's how you overcome it. And then you can prosper even bigger than you thought. So that's how I always try to live everything I do. And um, I've been fortunate with having some, you know, great family supporting me and then secondary family and big brothers in my life that will be quick to scold me, but also help build me up and teach me uh, the way to do things. Love it. And it's almost like you said in the very beginning too, like your dad said, if you can look in the mirror and say that you gave it your all, then, you know, that's, that's the best thing. So you can, you just answered yeah. it too. I mean, it's, it's a, a quote I live by is if you're good enough, they can't ignore you. And that's what my dad made a coin for me when I was little that said that because I went to school with all snowboarders and there'd be kids that would be like, they're sponsored. Like you're going to be our next am and just blow you up. Me, I was always baby step, baby step, baby step. So I've always had that Midwest chip on my shoulder. I've been passed over so many times. Like, oh, we're going to, this kid's the hottest thing. It's like, but I'm beating them and everything. And I do all this. So I've always just head down, hard work, hard work, hard work. And that's what, I mean, I'm still doing this at 33 years old and trying to make another Olympics uh, coming up here. And at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens. I just know that I did everything on my power to be the best that I could be. And I can only control the controllable. So that's how I've lived my life. And I won't plan on stopping. Zero regrets. Shit, we're pulling for you. Wow. I'm always pulling for you, Luke. Thank you. Well, hey. <laughs> That was fucking man. We could keep going too, man. That was like yeah, that's the best part about like, yeah. like an hour and a half, and so, I got like yeah, another yeah. hour and a half in us that's, too. That's It'll be one of those Rogan oh, long podcasts in no time. I hope. I hope I didn't do too much because I try. I sometimes I get going. I like to talk. Oh, no, no, I have to bring you on again. That's no, the whole thing. Amazing. No return we, guests. Yeah, return yeah. guests. Yeah, I got, we haven't, we haven't even done that stories yet, for days. So I love it. Yeah, I love it, Louis. Um, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. No, honestly, man. But Louis, uh, favorite curse word before we go. Tall's got one more after me. Did you do it, Lydia? Oh, favorite curse word? Yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, probably, I say F my life quite a bit when I'm in the air and I mess up and I'm about to like really hurt yourself. Really do that. Or, yeah. So I, that one, I, I swear way more when I'm, when I'm riding, like if I'm in the air, like, that's my life. I'm about to get flat. And just boom. Yeah. Um, and do you say it out loud or you just think it? Word. Do you oh, say no, it out? No, I say oh, it out yeah, loud. I say it out loud. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's been times I've sent, I've sent videos to my mom and I was, and I don't, my mom's never swore in her life. And, um, I forget to do it. And I'm like, please tell me she doesn't remember having to have the volume up. Cause I forget. And it's like, somebody filmed me. One of my friends filming me, following me and you can hear it. You're like, that's how loud I say it. I have a people at the bottom of the pipe that are like coaches and stuff like yeah, I like what you said to yourself there. Like, I just say it all the time. That's amazing, um, Louis. What do you uh, what do you view success like? What what's your like? What's your view on success? Like, what what is it like? Have you reached Have you reached that goal? It, like, you know what I mean? Like, have you have you gotten there yet? Um. Well, I guess it's hard because I always move, right? I have so I a big goal setter, so I always have your top tier goals. Um. You know, you have your financial goals, but really, it's just for me. It's I would just want to be happy. So that's not necessarily money, but it's just doing what I love to do, having great friends. I've over time, as I'm sure everybody has, like they've cut people out. Like, yeah, you were still friends, but we're not like friends or family and the yep. people that I have, I'm very happy 
with the, the close, the close crew of friends that I have, the type of people you don't have to talk to every day, but you generally care for and you know, they great family, I guess, family and health are great, but I think just doing, doing your passion, I guess that's really at the end of the day, that's a success. I can make money doing what I love to do. Um, and I think a big bonus part is too, is the fact that, uh, you can influence somebody in a positive way. Um, that's something that I guess you never, I never really thought that my snowboarding or me talking to somebody or sending them something, signing an autograph could have an, a positive effect on somebody's life. Because to me, it's just, I'm just a kid from Ohio that snowboards, but that's, I think the ultimate thing and ultimate feeling is you know, when you get letters from people or, you know, you, they have a story of when they met you and you're super nice back in the day when you were like a punk kid. I mean, that's the stuff that I think is like success to me. Like I, people wanted me to come on a podcast. People want me to give a commencement speech. Like I never, my wildest dreams. It's just, again, a kid from Ohio that can ride a snowboard. Fuck. Wow. Did that, did that answer it? Yes. <laughs> you're just, I like you're, you're the man. I, I love like you, Louie. So um, good. Love you too, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'm watching you. I see JJ posting you. I know you're working super hard. You're running a little miles again with no shirt yep. on. I'm, I'm seeing it. Um, <laughs> Haley posted it the other day. Uh, I'm, yep. I'm proud of you. I'm really, I'm really excited to getting in the Olympics or not. I, I see you working every day. You, you never thank stop, you. which is, uh, which is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm there for the ride with you no matter what. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, if everything goes as planned, I'll be sending you guys some Italian flags to be waving. So let's get my fingers crossed, man. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably make it out there this time around. Um, so, uh, man, so yeah, we're pulling for you. And, and so where can, where can the people follow you where all the fans can follow you and find you at, at Louis Vito, Instagram, Twitter, uh, I don't know if people Facebook anymore, but I got one of those fan pages on Facebook that yeah, I never yeah. really check. So pretty much just Instagram and, and Instagram. Twitter. Perfect. Uh, I love it. And go hit the Instagram YouTube. Board. Let's do Instagram because unless you really like college football, that's pretty much the only thing I'll tweet about. So like September to yeah. you know January is the only time I read Twitter, but I don't really write on Twitter too much. But uh, Instagram, I'm trying to do better. Like my girlfriend's really great at, at Instagram. And so I'm trying to get better, but you know, I guess it's to the point where I like the things I do in my life. Like, I don't really think they're super exciting to other people. Like I snowboard, I do a recovery run at the track. Maybe I'll go to a hot spring. I eat some food, I hang out. And like, some people think it's, Oh, you should share that. I'm like, but I like me running at the track is not fun. Me snowboarding. I didn't do anything today. And Haley's been working with me. Like no matter if I do something, she's, very, like, she's a very, cool. yeah, she's very good at, uh, yeah. docu documenting. <laughs> Well, she'll say, I'll send her a video. She's like, you should post it. And I'm like, it's nothing. You should put, and of course it does well, but I, I'm trying to get better at like sharing the journey because at the end of the day, it's about the journey and not the destination. I'm trying, but I feel like I'm really, I'm that old man. I'm like, this technology stuff, it's really hard and confusing to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, look, These I, youngins. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. to keep up. TikTok's taking over the world oh, right man. now. So that's been my main focus. Hey, Louis, last question. I really question. wanted to do this thing. Oh, I, re oh, I really wanted to do this call like this, like Paul just did, where I like, like, it's a tall thing that I was laying on a pillow doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Podcast, like, laying That'd down be so good. Like, that was it away. Awesome. That was so fun. 
I watched that so many times. That one was awesome. I love you. Yeah. Thanks, Louis. Tall's crazy like that. Hey, uh, one more thing. Justin Fields and the Bears. What do you think? Good? Bad? Does he have a future? I figure I'd throw an Ohio State football question I mean, I think it would be better you. if he went to the 49ers, but... <laughs> All right. Uh, That's his team, by the yeah, way. I dig I it. I think it would be better if he was in the 49ers, but I, I heard he's going to start. I heard he's going to start at in Chicago. It's looking like he's going to be a day one starter. He came in already knowing the playbook is what I heard. And, but I, and I got friends that are on staff, and one of my best friends is the head recruiter there, so it's... They've been crushing it. And so and college football is my sport. I follow it every Saturday and uh, I'm hoping to keep it going, baby. Go Bucks. Nice. All right. All right, Louis Vito. Take it easy. Thank Louis. you, brother. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Thank you. Later, Louis. Peace, guys. Yeah.